What do you call boogers on a diet? Slim pickings. Why did the rumor stop dating the sloth? He never made a move. How do you know if you're talking to an extraterrestrial? Lots of probing questions. You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart bone exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments. The health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast, I'm Dr. Steve, with my little pals, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And we also have uh, in the studio, Dave Ray Cecil from DaveRayCecil.com, singer-songwriter, well-known to people on the show. Hello, Dave. Hello, Steve. And uh, Cliff Andrews, also uh, known on... Twitter as WM the intern or was he was going to change it? Did you ever change it? I did change it. Oh, you did change it. I okay. did. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, thanks for being here, Cliff. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a show for people who had never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question that you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at three four seven seven six six four three two three. That's three four seven Poohhead. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at Lady Diagnosis. She will be back. Or at Dr. Scott WM. And Cliff, what's your uh, Twitter now? Uh, at Cliff Medicine. At Cliff. Oh, I like it. Okay, at Cliff Medicine. Follow him. He has like three followers. We need to do better than that. Uh, visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can go or or buy or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, singer, songwriter, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. So, um, Cliff, glad to have you here. Thank you. Um, what we're going to do at the beginning of the show that's going to last about 50 minutes is um, uh, do a... Um, uh, a pre-recorded interview we did with uh, Gunnar Esiason, and uh, there's a whole reason why Dave's here, and it's all explained in the clip. Let's just go to the clip uh, here in a second, but first, uh, don't forget stuff.drsteve.com for all your shopping needs. If you didn't get that thing that you wanted for uh, uh, Hanukkah or Christmas, Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, whatever, go to stuff.drsteve.com or Festivus. And uh, you can uh, just click through to Amazon and get it. Of course, you know they have everything. Or you can scroll down on that page, and it has um, things that we've talked about on this show. The Navage, 
which is the uh, motorized neti pot, one of the greatest inventions of all time. It's got uh, different supplements that we have data behind that are, are actually effective for whatever things that they're indicated for. So check out stuff.drsteve.com. Uh, if you want the best earbuds on the market for the price, go to Tweaked audio.com and use offer code fluid you get 33% off there's nobody gives 33% off of anything yeah. on the internet you sometimes you get 5% or 15% 33% off so if you buy a uh, $60 thing then it'll be $40 which is awesome pretty good or you fun. buy three of the same thing you only pay for two of them yep. so uh, go to tweakedaudio.com offer code fluid best customer service in the business too if you want to lose weight with me and get to your ideal body weight finally for the first time since college go to noom.drsteve.com you sign up uh, and you can do two weeks for free and then if you decide to stick with it it's just a three-month program uh, not like Weight Watchers, no points, none of that. It's not a diet either. It's a it's a psychology program. Uh, you get 20% off if you do decide to sign up. Noom.drsteve.com. It's N-O-O-M.drsteve.com. And if you're lazy like I am and you want to know how many calories you're putting in your gaping maw uh, at least three days a week, uh, I, go, I use freshly.drsteve.com. Cliff, back when you were with us before, I think we were doing Blue Apron, mm -hmm. which was awesome. I love Blue Apron. They may come back and be an advertiser someday. Uh, Blue Apron was cool because they send you just what you need to make whatever food that you're going to make that night. Mm -hmm. So if you need two radishes, you, they'd send you two radishes, radishes. If you needed an ounce of you know, apple cider vinegar, you got an ounce of apple cider vinegar. It was awesome. There's no waste. Mm -hmm. But you had to make it yourself. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Tara's Kitchen where they chop up the stuff for you. And <laughs> oh. It was kind of a kind of an oh, unwieldy yeah. <laughs> thing because it, and I have a way that they could make their business model work, but it came in this giant crate insulated crate bad for not good for you know the environment, the environment yeah. and stuff and of course you'd send it back to them but then there's all the gas and mm, you know yeah. the carbon that you're burning getting this stupid uh refrigerator back and forth and it had <laughs> little um little uh things in it uh, little drawers and that would have the two radishes already cut up so it was nice because you'd pull out the drawers dump them in the pot and make your stuff so i liked that mm. but it was a little cumbersome if they just did vacuum sealed baggies yeah. it would be so much better and then recycle the baggies. But anyway, that's Terrace Kitchen. Well, I progressed from making it myself to letting them prep it to now I just let them make it for me. And so I go to freshly.drsteve.com, <laughs> and they deliver fresh prepared meals that make eating right super easy. You can use my link to get six dinners for $39 for two weeks. It's 20 bucks off each week. You give it a try. If you don't like it, you just cancel it. But um, I've had some good re reports on that. It's microwave. So it's mm. going to be microwave food, but it's, you know, a lot more food than you get, say, with a lean cuisine. Yeah. And it is hand prepared. It's cool. not made in a factory and, you know, by robots. So freshly.drsteve.com. If you'd try it, let me know. If you want archives of this show, why would you after this seven minute, you know, advertisement? <laughs> go to premium.drsteve.com for buck ninety nine. You can get archives of the show going on. Use the app at the App Store or Google Play. But you can also um, uh, go to our website. You can get a thumb drive of all of these shows too. That's cool. And so uh, that, that's on there. It's like 30 bucks, and that's 25 for a six or a 32-gig thumb drive. 
and it's only half full. So you got, you know, you can partition it and use it, you know, on your thing. And then, um, uh, and that's shipping. And then the last thing is uh, Dr. Scott's website, last but not least, simplyherbals.net, the home of Dr. Scott's Simply Herbals uh, nasal rinse, which Mm -hmm. are you, do you have it in stock now? It is back in stock. We're getting ready to put it back on, we're going to put it back on the, um, on the uh, website on Monday. Awesome. Yep. Greatest stuff in the world. Stuff, yeah. I'm proud of you. We did a whole thing sure. last time about uh, peppermint oil and its uh, anti-inflammatory it properties and that kind of stuff. So it's pretty pretty neat. There is some data on that. Yep. So, all right. Very good. Uh, so uh, let's go to our interview with Gunnar Esiason, and then we'll be back at the end of that. Gunner is a 28-year-old person living with cystic fibrosis. He graduated from Boston College with a bachelor's degree in 2013. Now, we're going to talk in a minute. That was very unusual when I went through training, and I went through training in the early 80s. And uh, to have a uh, 28-year-old graduate from college who had cystic fibrosis was not something we saw every day. Uh, Gunner uh, works tirelessly as director of patient outreach and board member of the Boomer Esiason Foundation, a nonprofit organization his parents founded upon learning of a cystic fibrosis diagnosis. And Gunner, welcome to the show. And, um, thanks, Dr. Steve. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, I, I, when you and I first started talking, I had no idea Boomer Esiason was your dad. <laughs> and um, uh, I don't know if you are aware of this, but uh, your dad and Anthony Cumio, uh, ex of the Opie and Anthony show, mm-hmm. apparently got in a fight in the fifth grade. And uh, uh, Anthony tried to hit your dad in the head in that big <laughs> noggin of his and broke his wrist. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it sounds like a story that I've uh, I've heard quite a few of my dad's childhood stories. Okay, that okay. certainly sounds like one of them. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But anyway, um, Gunner's per- currently pursuing a master's of business administration at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. Oh, okay. Well, I know Dartmouth. I used to live in uh, Springfield, Vermont, if you know where that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I work. Yeah, yeah, it's not that far. Uh, it's I used to send all of my uh, uh, acute patients that couldn't be kept at our hospital at Springfield up to uh, Dartmouth Medical Center. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, Gunner is big on um, people living with chronic illnesses to feel empowered to advocate for themselves, and uh, that's really why I wanted to have you on because first I, I was reading uh, in your Twitter feed about a nightmarish. Uh, uh, encounter you had with the medical profession and i always love to just crap on on some of my <laughs> colleagues from time to time when they do stupid stuff and, and i would crap on myself if i ever did anything stupid but uh so I, I wondered if you don't you know give us um a little bit of background on the cystic fibrosis but also uh let's i want to hear about this story and then the reason we've got dave ray cecil here uh, just to get all the, our cards on the table, is his daughter is how old now, Dave? She's five. She's five, and she was uh, found to have cystic fibrosis. We had a prenatal di- diagnosis. They, okay, so yeah. yeah, things have really changed. Yeah, used to be you know the kid would be one or two, and we'd figure it out. So, but anyway, yeah, you know, you're not wrong. I mean, I was actually misdiagnosed negative right after birth. So my uh, my parents went in the early nineties, about two years before actually knowing that I even had CF. Oh, just thinking that you were a sickly wow. kid, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. So talk to people a little bit about what cystic fibrosis is. We'll give them all background so we're all on the same page. Yep. And then we'll um, 
talk about your insane uh, episode that happened. And then Dave's well, got some questions. We all have some questions about yeah. uh, where cystic fibrosis is going right these days. So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, cystic fibrosis is a uh, inherited uh, condition. It's genetic, meaning you know we're all born with it. Uh, those of us who have it, um, it's um, you know at a very high level, it's a protein dysfunction disorder um, that sort of creates um, uh, a, a number of manif- a number of diseases to manifest in the body. Most pro- primarily uh, in our lungs, where we have thick, sticky mucus that traps. Um, uh, bacteria or irritants and over time uh, that sort of just goes in a, in a horrible direction um, and in the old days you know you were just talking about it Steve where uh, you know kids born with CF it was really very much a childhood illness yeah. uh, and we've made some really amazing strides uh, in, in cystic fibrosis over the past 10 years um, since we've uh, been involved in the you know the, the charity world we've uh, we, we've raised about 140 million dollars our family foundation um, and we've worked uh, strongly alongside the National Cystic Fibrosis Foundation here in the US uh, and we've seen uh, within the last 10 years four cystic fibrosis specific drugs make it from the test tube to the patient and it's really transformed uh, the nature of the disease within the uh, within the recent years here yeah, we were just talking about uh, Trichafta is one of the yes, things. Yes, Trichafta, yep. And uh, this is a, a, a big deal. Uh, it was approved for patients 12 years and older with cystic fibrosis that have that, you know, 508 mm-hmm. Delta mutation. You want to talk about it a little bit? And we'll, do, yeah, we'll just kind of, we'll just, yeah, absolutely. I have ADD, you know, so, you know, I see a shiny yeah. object and it's like, ooh, I'm, I'm. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll <laughs> jump right in. Now, I was actually a, uh, I was actually a trial participant in the Trikafta trial. Um, and in no small way, that drug has changed my life. Um, when I, when I graduated from Boston College, uh, 2013, my, my health was in, in peril back then. Um, you know, I was very quickly headed towards uh, end-stage illness because one of the primary issues that we deal with in CF um, is, is actually uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria in our, in yeah, our lungs, sure. as I was kind of talking about. And uh, over time, you know, the access to the antibiotics and the efficacy of the antibiotics sort of start to wear on us. Uh, and for me, that's really what happened uh, in 2013. From, you know, the five years that I graduated, after I graduated college, uh, you know, I think I was in and out of the hospital, you know, every couple months. I, you know, I went I went through, God, you know, I don't know, two dozen medical procedures. Yep. I spent more than a cumulative year on antibiotics uh, just to really keep myself stable. And then uh, 2018 rolled around and I was invited to be a trial participant um, in the TRICAFTA trial. And that drug changed my life in a matter of hours. Wow. So what it does what? is it actually, yep, in a matter of hours. So what it does is it it, uh, it corrects the, the CFTR dysfunction at the heart of cystic fibrosis. Uh, the CFTR is found uh, primarily in our bronchial epithelial cells, which is like our, our lungs, right. um, as well as other parts of the body, uh, too, where it sort of um, shows up. But primarily the lungs, and uh, within hours, the viscosity of my thick, sticky mucus started to change. Get the heck uh, out with, of Within a matter of days, my cough went away, uh, and then a week later, I was uh, you know, back in for, uh, for a clinical trial visit, and my PFT, my pulmonary function test, exploded. You know, We don't ever see that number wow. go up, no. hmm. but uh, my mind did that one particular day, and ever since then, it sort of, it's just really changed my life. So were you in this? Okay, so I'm looking at the FDA approval. It said the first trial yep. was a 24-week randomized double-blind placebo-controlled mm-hmm. trial in 403 patients. So were you in that trial? 
So what it was is they were Vertex was actually in a position to test two sister drugs. Uh, so the one that became Tricaft VX four four five, and then a sister drug VX six five nine. I was actually on six five nine, and the the results for the two were were actually parallel. They were the exact same. Wow. Uh, the one that was chosen four four five, which became Tricaft. Uh, um, ended up having a, a little bit of a different side effect profile. Um, I, I've since switched to Tricaft and I haven't noticed a difference at all. It's yeah. basically okay. the exact same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was one of the initial tri- uh, trial patients in the Tricaft program. Wow, yeah. It says in each trial, the primary analysis looked at increases in the percent of predicted forced expiratory volume, which is in one second, which is basically for the lay folks out there that, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, this is spirometry. So you blow into this tube as hard as you can and it's looking at how much can you get out in a second. Yep. And obviously, if you got crappy lungs, it'll be less, and mm. you can get less volume out in a second. And it's exactly. an established marker of cystic fibrosis, lung disease uh, progression. And it increased uh, this in both trials. It increased about 14% from baseline, but this was just over you know, a few weeks. So mm. I su- expect that it probably increased even more than that over time. So what... What's your PPFEV1 now? Do you know? So I, I actually don't share that uh, as okay. a concern for medical security, medical totally privacy. Totally fine, totally fine. Um, Understood. But I, uh, I will it's good. say that uh, according to um, you know, according to some metrics, I was in the category of severe respiratory illness. Yeah. Um, and now I can consider myself to have mild respiratory illness. Wow. Uh, so that's you know pretty wow. significant change. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know in the, in the years leading up to Tricaptor to the trial, I was you know, going through maybe three or four procedures a year, um, most notably either bronchoscopies where they go in and they sort of suck out the mucus and yep. they do biopsies and stuff like that, or a, a pick line insertion, which is essentially a long-term IV. Um, for some of those listeners who may not know what that is. Um, yeah, tell them. And, you know, in, in the, in the, in the You're one... You're sticking these kids with these needles just over and over and yeah. over again. They finally came up with a way to do a sort of a central line that's uh, peripheral. In other words, you stick it in a vein out in the arm and then it can go into the central circulation so you can use it longer. Exactly. And um, uh, in the the first year after I dosed Trikafta, I I didn't go through a single procedure. So, um, you know, the the changes in my life have been remarkable and not only my lung function, you know, I've um, I've gained some weight and I've... um, you know, my, my, my clarity in life is great. You know, I'm not I'm no longer dealing with the stress of feeling like I'm going to die, you yeah. know? Right. Um, so, you know, which is why I'm in graduate school now, because I can finally look at my future and, and expect to have a future. Yeah. Yeah, science. I don't, this was allopathic, not naturopathic, right, Dr. Scott? <laughs> allopathic. Yeah, okay, very good. I, it's, well, hey. we'll, we'll give ourselves give yourself some of this. A you never hear me complain about Yay, that. Yay, science. No, Dr. Yeah. Scott's not one of those. Lord, He's no. a true complimentary no, incredible. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, practitioner in that, uh, you know, we, we work together yeah. very well, and he doesn't... Uh, Try to treat cystic fibrosis with uh, astragalus. Came out of the lab. CFTR mutation in '89, and you know now 2019 when it was approved. 30 years of of, of backbreaking research and work yep. to, to bring CF to where it is now. So I was uh, I trained. Oh, well, I went to medical school '82 to '86, and then I did residency '86 to '89, and so the gene was just. identified at the end of my medical training so all of the kids i saw with cf back then you know if you know a 16 year old cf patient most of those kids were doing inhaled um um, 
um, antibiotics like yep. uh, tobramycin or genomycin. And, yeah, this whole business of antibiotic resistance was really a nightmare. And then they started to develop pancreatitis and things like that. Yeah. And, does it, Gunnar, does it drive you crazy when you see antibiotic abuse out there, when people are demanding uh, antibiotics for viral illnesses that just increase uh, antibiotic resistance in the whole population? Uh, you know, I never thought of that before, but that's got to be something that's sort of enraging to a, a CF uh, activist. Yeah, you know, I think that that's like our, our next crusade. You know, um, I haven't cleared my, my drug-resistant pseudomonas originosa. You know, it's still in my body. Yep. Um, it's, it's really going to be there for the rest of my life or until we sort of figure out that problem. Yep. Uh, and uh, that's really my, my next biggest crusade is sort of looking at uh, different technologies um, across the healthcare industry that are going to be working to tackle the antibiotic resistance problem. And yes, it, it does piss me off when I see people abusing antibiotics yeah. uh, because quite frankly, you know, I don't have too many left that I can use. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately the, the, in the world in which you live, the, you know, the, the market right now just cannot handle uh, a new antibiotic entrant. You know, we, we've seen two companies this past year go bankrupt um, simply because big pharma has left the antibiotic space and they've left upon these these boutique uh, pharmaceuticals to take on the, the, the job. And, you know, on one hand, we're, we're encouraging antibiotic stewardship. We're like, you know, don't use antibiotics until you absolutely have to. Yet we're hoping people develop new ones. It just doesn't work. Right. So, right, you know, right. we're, we're really reliant on uh, the market to change. We're reliant on uh, the government to pass the Disarm Act, which will hopefully stabilize the economic incentives around the yeah. antibiotic development. Well, this is one of those situations where government funding would also be appropriate you know when you've got uh, 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 yes. be, this these things should not become orphan drugs no. you know why when antibiotics become orphan drugs it's ridiculous so but anyway all right well that's cool man hey tell us uh dave has got a bunch of questions for you because he's you know his daughter is quite a bit behind you and the trichafta course isn't indicated until she's 12 so she's got a few years before her. and uh he's got a nightmare from something that happened uh at, at christmas but tell us the story where i where you and i first started talking because mm -hmm. i think you were on twitter and i went dude you know you got to come on my show and tell this story because like i said i love to crap on my colleagues when they really screw up but anyway what mm -hmm. happened so I was a, uh, a sophomore at Boston College when this happened, um, and like most people with cystic fibrosis, when we go off to college, uh, we established managed care, meaning we you know contact the local cystic fibrosis center. I'm from New York originally, um, and we have our CF doctor communicate to the the local doctor on the ground, and you know sort of establish a like. Um, a sort of an emergency scenario. Like if something happens, what should the patient do? And uh, it was cold and flu season, and I developed some sort of flu-like virus. Um, so I, you know, I followed my established plan to the cystic fibrosis clinic that I was going to. I won't name the hospital because this ended up becoming a learning situation. I don't want to throw anyone yeah, in the bus. Yeah, no, I, I get um, it. I get it. But I. Uh, so I ended up being uh, admitted uh, to this particular hospital through the emergency room as our sort of plan was uh, established. And um, I, uh, I mean, I had every classic flu symptom. I had, you know, coughing. I had uh, throwing up. I had high fever. I think I had like 102 fever, sore throat, the whole thing. Um, it was just, it was, it was terrible. And, the, you know, it's, it's one thing for someone in the general population to come down with the flu. It's another thing entirely for someone living with a respiratory illness to get the yes, flu. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, as, as you can probably hear my voice, I'm actually just getting over a cold now. But I, uh, 
this particular time I was, you know, I was really, really sick. And uh, so I was admitted to the inpatient unit. I don't think my, uh, my CF doctor had maybe popped in quickly to see me and, and check on me and sort of start medication treatment. Um, but this, this, this medical center is a massive teaching hospital in Boston. It's, it's one of the bigger <laughs> ones. Um, yeah. That sort so of narrows I, you know, it down. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine which one it was. It was associated with an Ivy League school that starts with an H. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it was, uh, it was, I don't know, maybe my, my, my first night there, my mom had just gotten there. Um, and uh, in comes like a, what, what I remember to be the chief resident on my case, the okay. senior resident. Uh, and as anyone who's ever been in a teaching hospital would know, there's sort of like a rotating carousel of like nursing students, of medical students, of residents, of fellows. I mean, everyone wants to come see like the sick person and like sort of like, you know, give their two cents. Right. Um, and that was me. You know, I became like subject one of like whatever was happening to me. And um, this, this, this resident came in. And um, along with like a, you know, a number of like little followers, you know, everyone in a white coat and uh, they were sort of like, you know, examining me and on my arms, they noticed that uh, I have a, a, a bunch of scar tissue from the pick lines that we were talking about. So when yeah. I get a pick line placed, not only do they, you know, uh, stick me with, um, you know, the, the catheter, they also stitch them in because I, when I was young, I used to love to play sports and I, I've had one or two of them fall out. So sure. I always got them stitched in uh, as I got older. So, um, so they immediately assume you're a IV drug user, abuser. Yeah, yes, heroin exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. the, 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 the senior resident on the case, like, brings her people back and starts to like consult with them and out loud she was like well i think this guy is actually a drug user i think you know he probably doesn't have the flu you know the flu test is going to come back negative he's violently shaking he's you know he looks like he's oh, sweating he looks they thought you were going through withdrawals yeah dt's yes they thought i was going through withdrawals and i you know i was so unbelievably sick when this was happening i just remember being like totally flabbergasted and you know, to, to paint uh, you know a better picture here, um, a lot of us with cystic fibrosis we're we're exposed to years of medical trauma. So we all develop what I call uh, procedural anxiety in the sense that you know when we're in the presence of um, you know care providers in in, the, in a very unfamiliar situation where I was you know admitted to the emergency room <laughs> to a hospital that I had never been to. Um, I was panicked. You know, I was, yep, I probably was shaking. And I guess what? I also had 102 fever. You know, I was feeling like shit. And that's the uh, one thing, by the way, that would tell you this is not uh, opioid withdrawal. Drug. Because you have all those symptoms that you mentioned, but you don't have Without a fever, fever. with that. Yeah. But anyway, especially in flu season. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I know. It was, and it's like, it's very well established that I have cystic fibrosis. Like, if you type in cystic fibrosis into Google, like, show up. <laughs> You know, like, there's right, no, right. there's no secret that I have CF. <laughs> right. Um, and like, especially the, the cystic fibrosis clinic, like, you know, I was a patient of theirs. They knew who I was. Uh, and my, and my mom was there and my mom was just like, totally dumbfounded that they actually said that about me in a, in a teaching hospital a setting sure. that was like supposed to be about, you know, enriching education about doctors, you know, and things like that. And it was just one of the most ridiculous things that I think we'd ever both been a part of. And I remember like looking over to my mom and just being like, mom, like, can we go home? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be here anymore. This is not what I want to do. And my mom, you know, finally asked all the, the residents to like, just get out of the room. Like, no, we don't want you here. Just leave. Come back when you have a cystic fibrosis doctor or someone who's actually paid to do this. Right. Come look at us, you right. know? Right. So uh, the next day, uh, the cystic fibrosis doctor came in with that woman in tow 
and she and he gave her like a life lesson right in front of us. Good. I mean, it was like it was a beat down among beat downs. Okay. Um, well, I, like, I, did did they and, bring the students in too? Because they were the ones that really needed to get that <laughs> yes. lesson as well. No, it was it was just this woman, and okay. you know, it was the, the doctor was like, you know, this person has cystic fibrosis. Like, if if you know, he's not giving the care that he needs. Like, this virus could you know spell doom for him. This yeah. is a very serious thing. Um. And I think what the doctor was doing was he was really showing us what it meant to be an empowered patient, right? He was showing us why it was so important that we spoke up. Yes. You know, that was really what it came down to. And for me, it was a learning lesson because whenever I go inpatient, right, or if I'm ever dealing with a new doctor, a new care provider, for me, it was the first time that I had ever witnessed a very serious mistake. And we know in the United States that medical uh, error and medical uh, mistakes are one of the leading causes of death and injury. Yeah. In the U.S. Well, it depends on how and, you define error, but yes, I, I mean, I, I, I know what you're talking about. The front door. Yeah. Oops, sorry, that was my Amazon <laughs> Alexa going on. <laughs> Someone is at the front door. Okay, hang on, I'll turn her off. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. You know, and I, and I, for me, it was, it was really a moment that painted a picture about, yeah, these things actually happen. Yeah. Um, to the point where whenever I go inpatient or I'm dealing with a new doctor, I make sure that I have someone with me who can watch what's going on. I educate them to the fact about what I'm going through, what I should expect from a visit and things like that. My mom, who's gone through, you know, at that point, 20 years of CF living yep. with me, she knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of look at myself when I'm in a, in a medical setting where, you know, I have almost, th- th- you know, 30 years of experience inside the healthcare system in the U.S. Sure. You know, like I know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I can go in and I can talk about microbiology. I can talk about CFTR expressing in different parts of the body. And yeah. I know all these things. And in fact, to, to, to this day, I still actually test doctors when I first, you know, so I had a, uh, one of the really fun things about CF is that we're at an increased risk of colorectal cancer. So we get colonoscopies really young in life. So I had my first one, I'm 28. I finally had one, uh, over the summer. It was super fun. Um, <laughs> and I remember when I met the doctor who's going to perform the colonoscopy, I was like, I just started asking him, I was like, well, what do you think about, you know, uh, we, we didn't call it trikafta back then. I said, well, what do you think about VX445 expressing uh, my colons? Like, what do you think about that? You asked this to a to a gastroenterologist? Yeah, yeah so because I wanted to see what he was going to say. I yeah. wanted to see if he was going to bullshit me or not. Yeah. And he gave me a good answer, an acceptable answer. I was like, all right, cool, let's go do this. Yeah, you know, cool. that's kind of like the, the, the little test that I now give doctors. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to speak <laughs> their language if I have to. There are absolutely providers out there that that really turns them off when a patient comes in spouting jargon and they know more about this th- stuff than they do. And then mm-hmm. there are other ones who are like, oh, you know, yeah, you've got a chronic illness. You need to know this stuff. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones you want to that you want to exactly. see when you've got yes. something like what you've got. I mean, you know, you know someone's going to the healthcare industry is like a service industry, right? And I'm yep. the paying customer. Exactly. And if the guy's not going to give me an acceptable answer, then you know what? See you later. Yeah. I don't have to be here right now. Would would an acceptable answer to you be, hey, I'm, I, you know, I'm not an expert on that, but I could be in 15 minutes mm-hmm. if I go Google it. I look mean, it up, yeah. You know, yeah, it, I mean, it's not that hard to access the British Medical Journal. You exactly. Know? Like, I, I can also access it myself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Dave, do you want to tell your story at all? I mean, I, your wife doesn't listen to this show, so. No, 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 <laughs> no. We just had a flu scare, and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of the... I'm sort of the asshole of the family because my my daughter is. You were not being an asshole. Well, no, 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 no. Right no I'm mean, just talking about in general. Oh, in general. Oh, <laughs> I agree with. You. <laughs> I mean, my my daughter is in impeccable health, and the reason why is mm-hmm. because we follow the procedure of how to take care of the CF challenge to the to the. We don't veer off of that path at all, and mm-hmm. and um, so 
you know, my wife, there was some somebody had the flu in, in a house and they were we were gonna the holidays. You know, all conjure in yep. one place and I'm like, No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not we're not no. we're not gonna do that. And my wife has a lot of you know, she wanted to do it and and, and ended up you know, I was like, Okay, man and, and you know, uh, one of the kids who they actually played with who didn't have the flu lived in the house of the person who did have the flu, started mm-hmm. developing symptoms after after the day after. Yeah. She she now yeah. ran a fever and my wife was Devastated. Now that actually served my wife in a way because sure. whatever was there blinding her vision from seeing <laughs> went away. The scales uh, very, from, very, fell very from quickly. her eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, as far as the um, uh, we 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 were at another hospital and and uh, she was born in the NICU and and uh, so we we sort of went um, from Brenner. We went from another hospital to. Um, uh, the Chapel Hill, and the reason why is because of similar uh, things that you expressed about. You know, it, I can re- I'm really sensitive, and I can tell when someone is the, the lead doctor. You know, we didn't get along, and my wife gets all uncomfortable. You know, when something happens, because I will get in somebody's face mm-hmm. and really, you know. So, but what I found was is that she would react to her previous experience in the beginning of my sentence and before i could finish my sentence she would already have an answer for it and so mm-hmm. i don't vibe the, with you're that you're talking about the, the that's doctor. right the lead yeah, doctor yeah. and i'm i don't vibe with that and i said listen you're not listening to what right. i'm saying you're you're breaking off into telling me you know all these things that uh, that's not where i'm coming from and you're so thinking of the next yeah, thing you're gonna say that's right that yeah. and so so um from that uh, it led us to um you know doing some research and moving our daughter and so uh we moved her to chapel hill and it's just been it's fantastic well, you got the doctor the doctor there man is is able to say you know i don't know Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to hear because I want to because we are a team and we have to move like that. And yeah. sometimes I don't know, and sometimes they don't. It's I think it's okay great. for a provider to say I don't know. It's oh, not okay. Is. Yeah, yeah, it's not okay for them to bullshit you. Yeah, yeah. but it's okay to say I don't know. But go find let's out. Let's figure it out. Yeah, 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 go yeah, find yeah. out. We'll that's it. That's I think it. That's a lot it. of my colleagues that just that's don't it. want to ever admit that they don't know something. It's yeah. like you can't know everything, but you can find out. Yeah, we have and we have friends. We have friends that know things. Yeah, call friends. That's, you know, that's, that's yeah. absolutely true, and especially in cystic fibrosis. Like every doctor knows every other doctor. You know, there's only you know however many cystic fibrosis clinics in the country. You right. know, and I I remember when I, I was talking about how sick I was after I graduated from BC, and you know there was one day when I was just talking to my doctor about it, and she was like, you know, Gunnar, I, I don't have an answer for what's happening to you. I, I've already reached out to three of my colleagues yes, who awesome. are specialists in the infectious disease world, and we're going to figure it out. I just don't have the answer for you right here today. Yeah, and sometimes you think and think and think. I can tell you this from recent experience Mm -hmm. i have a um well let's just say a really challenging patient that uh, we did this test and that test and i'm brushing my teeth one day and i had a eureka moment Mm -hmm. and i said i know what it is and i went and uh pulled some uh um uh uh, corroborating data off of uh you know the national library of science Mm -hmm plopped it in front of her i said this is it this is it and it, you know it, th- these things happen mm. and if you work collaboratively with your patients rather than being paternalistic so mm. we're kind of getting out of the just the cf Sorry. stuff but just no 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 it just talking relevant. about paternalism it is relevant. Uh, i'm talking to the medical students and nurses and doctors and pas and, and ps that listen to this show mm. and there are quite a few of them mm. we got to be careful 
not to fall into that. Yeah, agreed. Um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we call that movement the empowered patient movement, right? An e-patient yeah. movement. It, it's happening, you know, around us. And I think, you know, the healthcare industry is changing in so many ways. But this one way in particular is, you know, the way it's happening. The, the era of information in which we will we live. You know, I'm not advocating for people to go out and you know Google their symptoms. Right. You know, definitely don't do that. But if you can have an informed conversation with your providers, yes, that that will pay dividends down the road. You know, enormously. Chronic pain patients in the same boat. Yep. Too. And mm-hmm. the, well, in some way, what you're also talking about is the person taking responsibility for their own health, because mm-hmm. that right there is that can can you can grow. And my man, I have to say it. My mom is like has whenever she gets anything, she goes and gets a damn Z pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and she just wants that. She wants want to believe something. that yeah. pill is going to be the thing that gets it. And it's like yeah. she so she doesn't take responsibility for her own. You know, watching her body and seeing what it's what's happening with it and how it's communicating with you yeah, in order yeah. to treat whatever it has. And Connor, I know mm-hmm. you don't listen to the show, but we like to talk about philosophy of medicine on this show too. And uh, I'm, when I was in medical school, we watched this video of this guy in the mountains of some third world country, and he was waving palm fronds over these mm-hmm. patients. Now, obviously. He wasn't giving them any medicine. They'd come to him sick. He'd wave the palm fronds, and then they'd go away feeling better. And Scott and I know that if we don't do anything, 90% of our patients will get better. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, when you when you give – so those, those patients just wanted to be recognized. They wanted their problem mm-hmm. recognized, a name given to it, and something done. So when we give – someone a z-pack for a viral illness where it will do no good that's exactly the same f- function mm-hmm. in society as waving wow. palm fronds over somebody in a third world oh, yeah. mountain Absolutely. country you know because yes. it's really doing nothing it's just making people feeling like you're like ident- you're, doing you're recognizing their problem now mm-hmm. um one other thing gunner that i, I want to talk about just for a second is this whole thing about influenza because uh, mm-hmm. Your your issue involved influenza. Dave's issue involved influenza, and uh, we had at least one listener of this show uh, that was a contributor to this show die from influenza, and another one, uh, Richard David Smith, who is the uh, the owner of Hyperphysics. He makes yeah. uh, energy drinks with his wife Shatai. Anyway, a uh, little plug for them: Hyperphysics com i guess um they uh he almost died from influenza and people mm. will minimize that it was like what happened with dave's family oh it's just influenza it's just yeah. flu it's yeah. no big deal and mm. uh that no big deal virus killed one percent of the world's population in 1918 mm. and um that's unlikely to happen again because of tamiflu and other stuff but people who are at risk really suffer when people don't get their flu shots and they're, or they're careless about how, who they're transmitting the virus to. So, you know, think of Gunner if nobody else. You know, yeah. Think yeah, of I mean, Dave's you're daughter. Abs- you're, you're absolutely right. You know, I think that, you know, when, you're, when, when you go to get the flu shot, not only are you protecting yourself, you're protecting those of us who, you know, uh, uh, can't get the flu. You know, like the flu yeah. just cannot enter my life. You know, I actually know two people with cystic fibrosis right now who have the flu. Ugh. And they're in the step down ICU, yeah. right? That wow. is a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, I before I came to Dartmouth, I uh, I used to coach high school ice hockey, and I would actually have 
a standing Tamiflu prescription. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I, <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> those of us with CF, you know, we, that's, that's a common thing for us to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, you know, I remember there were two particular instances, I coached hockey for six years because I, you know, I just loved it. Um, I, in two particular instances, I had one, you know, one student have the flu one year and then I had another student have a flu, you know, three or four years later. Sure. And as soon as that happens, as soon as I'm exposed, you know, I start the, the proactive Tamiflu dosing and just start right. doing it. Um, because, you know, while the flu shot is my best line of defense and it, and in, in those two cases, it obviously worked. Um, you know, you can't be 100% sure that, uh, you know, I'm not going to be developing some symptoms. And, uh, you know, I think specifically about people who are, who have gone through organ transplants, you know, who have gone through, um, you know, you know, really extensive chemotherapy. And I think about those people sure. when I get the flu shot. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. Get your flu shots, people. Come on. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus. Um, the, uh, uh, I was going to ask you another thing. Well, let's talk a little bit about your – oh, let's talk about the future. So what do you mm-hmm. – you're, you're plugged into this. What are we looking forward to? What's Dave's daughter can, – what can she look forward to as far as advances beyond the tricafta right now? Or, so, you know – I, th- I think that, um, you know, eventually what's going to happen is, you know, Tricafta just, it's efficacy alone speaks for itself. Um, it's going to, uh, it, it'll be approved for, for, for younger patients. And our hope is that for patients who can start on Tricafta at a very young age, yeah. you know, they will not know cystic fibrosis like I knew cystic fibrosis or like, you know, cystic fibrosis. Right. It's going to be a very, very different condition. For all intents and purposes, if you're, you know, you're starting Tricaft at a very young age, or some of the previous CFTR modulators, there's previous iterations that aren't quite as good as Tricaft, but still very good. Um, you know, the the disease is not going to manifest nearly as severely. Right. Um, but my my fear in that, however, is that while our children with cystic fibrosis are going to be perfectly, well, not necessarily perfectly fine, but very very well off, yeah. I'm worried that the adults are going to be forgotten. Right, because although yes, I've started Tricaft and it's changed my life, I still deal with the the chronic pseudomonas. I still deal with uh, bronchiectasis in my lungs. I still sure. have infertility. I still have pancreatic insufficiency. Those things are not going away. Yeah, because I started Tricaft in my my late twenties. The um, damage after, was already done. Yes, after fibrosis is already sort of manifested in a number of different organs. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that we have to remember the adult CF patients, and we have to continue to pursue uh, stabilization of the antibiotic market as well as as, uh, you know, working on other parts of the disease. You know, I still have to do my treatments. I still got to do the best. But, you know, my life is, it looks pretty good. You know, I went skiing this morning. I got playing hockey tonight. Like, things are good for me. Yeah. But that's not the same for every other ZF patient. You know, everyone still needs help, especially the older generation. The younger generation, however, I, you know, I foresee very long, normal lives for people with CF that are, you know, born in this era. You know, I, I, I've said this already that, you know, we've, we've already seen the beginning of the generation of people with CF who are born with CF who will not die of CF. Right. You know, that, that that's already, those people are already alive. Well, it's like you HIV. Know? When I was in training, if you were, diag- we didn't diagnose HIV because no one knew it was a virus. You know, they had all these other theories mm-hmm. about what it was. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I had a, uh, a um, immunologist tell me there's no way that AIDS is caused by a virus. That's just stupid. You know, he mm-hmm. called us all stupid if we had that opinion. And of course, he was proven wrong. Um, but uh, now, really, for a, a large number of people, the vast majority, if they can t- get the medication, it becomes a chronic illness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, I've got a, a someone that's very close to me that's HIV positive, and I expect him to live mm-hmm. a, a, a normal lifespan at this point. So yeah, that's what we're right. going for. Um, for Dave's daughter, are there clinical trials going on of this trichafta where he could maybe enroll, you know, apply to be enrolled to get started earlier with this stuff? Yeah, so I, you know, I think I'm not sure exactly how they're how they're doing the age brackets. I think the next okay. sort of uh, level is six and up. Okay. You know, the okay. FDA is, you know, obviously for the right reasons. You know, they they, they scrutinize you know younger ages. You know, they they don't want to be giving kids absolutely. Uh, sure. You know, just you know crazy medications for no reason. You know, so I think, um, you know, while Tricaf is definitely a safe option for a lot of people, um, you know, I think the FDA will look very closely, um, and as will Vertex, the the manufacturer of Tricafta, uh, before you know dose younger and younger and younger generations and as they have shown to do in the past with uh, previous iterations of CFTR modulators. I, I will say real quick, Dr. Steve, though, that Tricaft is only appropriate for about 90% of right. cystic fibrosis patients based on our genetic profiles. Um, you know, we, we all inherit two recessive uh, genes from our mommies and daddies and, uh, you know, what, 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 what happens is that there's, there's different, there's about 1200 different cystic fibrosis mutations. Any two pairs can create CF, right? There's a very small, small minority of people living with cystic fibrosis whose uh, genetic profile doesn't actually create CFTR protein. So right. uh, their cystic fibrosis manifests because they're missing this protein that everyone else has. While mine is dysfunctional, this group of people, they don't have it at all. So there's nothing to correct. So right. those folks still have very classic textbook cystic fibrosis yes. and you know they're waiting for their their breakthrough drug so if you can imagine you know the the emotions that those folks are going through oh, right yeah. now to to see you know everyone with, with cystic fibrosis get better except them oh. right that is very <laughs> horrendous situation to be in um and you know unfortunately the medications that we we've targeted for so many years just aren't appropriate for them. So we're we're still we still have a number of uh, different you know things that are coming through the pipeline where we're looking at different mRNA med- medications, different anti-inflammatories. There's actually uh, an endocannabinoid that uh, is entering phase two and phase three trials. Nice. And then of course the uh, yeah. And then of course I'm, I'm I guess Vermont's across the border from me, right? Um, and, and, uh, I'm I'm old enough to say that. Um, and, uh, it's not childhood disease anymore, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I, I I do think that. The future for cystic fibrosis is bright, um, and and as I said in my, uh, I delivered the commencement address at St. Louis University School of Medicine this past May, and as I said to the, to the graduating class, I was like, you know, we have this antibiotic crisis that's in front of us, and unless we figure that out, it's going to undermine every single advance that we make henceforth. It's true. Yeah, we can lose the war against the bacteria. They outnumber us trillions <laughs> to, to one, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, that's that's one of my things is antibiotic stewardship, too. And, uh, you know, um, on this, the 10 percent of folks that don't have that 508 um, Delta mutation, I'm guessing that um, uh, the, one of the answers is going to be uh, genetic manipulation yeah. or gene editing. Mm-hmm. And that's we are a ways away from that. But yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're still looking at, you know, you know, a decade plus before we get yeah. a personal cystic fibrosis into even a clinical trial yeah. uh, in that case. You know, I think it's actually, you're talking about uh, the CF gene being identified in 1989. There was always back then, you know, I was a child back then, but there was a rush to like gene therapy back then. And a person with cystic fibrosis actually did go through some like wacky gene therapy trial and it really screwed them up. So, you okay, know, I think yeah. 
gene therapy is like a, like a little bit of a taboo subject in CF, just because it's a classic genetic disease that everyone learns about. Right. Um, and it was one of the first, you know, genetically identified conditions. And back then, it was, you know, it was basically like uh, pseudoscience that went in to try and fix this fix this poor guy, and it, you know, just didn't work. Yeah. Hmm. I'm I'm guessing what they'll do is when they identify it uh, in utero, is they'll uh, have a virus that can go in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just add the, the proper gene to that person's genome and, and protein. be done with it. But, uh, yeah, we're we're a, a bit away from uh, the time when we can inject, you know, embryos in the yeah, in the yeah, womb absolutely. with uh, stuff and, and edit their genome. But that's got to be the answer for a lot of this stuff down the road. So, yeah, and I, I think that and as well as this mRNA therapy that we're looking at. So yeah. mm-hmm. what, what, they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to actually correct cftr before it's even created right so yes. mrna for your for your list, listeners who may not know it basically is like a, it's a message that goes to different parts of the body and it tells the body what to do so um all of us we you know our body like you just be based on our genetic mutations creates the wrong kind of cftr so they're hoping that people can actually inhale mrna and it'll actually then start creating the correct cftr that's interesting so yeah for people who are listening may have learned about mrna when they were in high school uh you know it it carries the message from the dna to transcription rna where you're making protein so i'm assuming that they're going to be bringing this mrna already tagged with the correct gene and then it goes in and hits the transcription (laughs) mechanism which is un-effing believable by the way google ribosomes and Google, um, you know, transcription RNA, and it is, uh, it's this crazy machine that builds proteins, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just mindlessly doing it. It's just, it's just molecular chemistry, but it's in- incredibly complex. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they'll get it, bring it already tagged in with the right, uh, with exactly. the right message, and then it'll make the right, pro- that's wow. genius. That's so, if you're, so if you're, so if your listeners want to look up a company, it's called Translate Bio. They're out of uh, the Boston area, as, as many biopharmaceuticals are, um, you know, they've already done a phase one trial on cf and they they did see some success so they're going to continue going that route um and it's you know it, it, that that science to me is unbelievable like the trichap is a pill it's, it's freaking amazing right but inhaling mrna just like blows my mind <laughs> um, me too that's a yeah. great idea i'm uh, going to buy stock in that company uh, <laughs> as soon as we get off of this <laughs> well yeah i mean you want to you want to talk you want to talk you know dollars and cents here like whoever can patent an mrna therapy first is going to be a very lucrative company yeah 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 and, you know, you don't hear about this like you do with chemotherapy. Oh, well, the medical profession already has a cure for CF, but they're just repressing it. You know, I hear that all the time. I work at the cancer center. Oh, my God. And uh, it's like I tell people that I if if we were really repressing the answer and it was that easy, I would give I would be the first one to give it out to everybody and break this cabal of, you know, this cone of silence just for the blowjobs. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, whenever I hear that, I'm like, well, what about hepatitis C? We've cured that. Yes. Like, there's no money in that cure. Yeah, of like, course. Yeah, there is. It, it's been cured. You yes. know, like, you know, these things are these things are financially stable. And, Literally uh, cured. Those people yeah. take the treatment and then they don't have to take it anymore and it's gone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's coming. So, uh, Gunnar, we're, we're running out of time. What can people do to help? 
So, like I said, the adult cystic fibrosis population still needs, uh, you know, serious funding for for research and things like that. As as and as does our uh, our notion of antibiotic resistance across the entire healthcare industry. Um, so you can either check out the National Cystic Fibrosis Foundation or our family's foundation uh, at asias.org, E-S-I-A-S-O-N.org. Uh, you can follow my blog, GunnarAsias.com. I'm also on Twitter, like you found me, Dr. Steve G17 Asiasen. Uh, and then if you want to see me skilling. Uh, skiing up here in the upper valley around Dartmouth. You can follow me on Instagram too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, let me, your, your foundation, the CF foundation, tell us the name of the actual foundation. So the Boomer Sison Foundation. Exactly. Uh, so this is, we, this is my issue. So your dad has a kid and the kid has CF, but he starts this foundation, but names it after himself. <laughs> he is famous. I got, I got no problem with it. Yeah. You know, it was it was name recognition back in the day. Like I'd rather people it. know about CF through that than uh, <laughs> you know than, than not know about CF at all. And uh, right. a lot you know, more people. You know, I, a lot more people know Boomer Sison because he was a hell of a quarterback. Well, that is true. Because, He's a hell of a player. Uh, just to give you a little context, uh, Gunner, uh, we, I, I wanted to see if um, if I asked Alexa who you were, if they knew who you were. So listen to Alexa's answer. Echo, who is Gunner Esiason? Norman Julius Boomer Esiason is an American go. retired football quarterback and former network color commentator. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what. It's better if you do that than if you Google, you know, is Gunnar Esiason? The Google auto answer is, is Gunnar Esiason still alive? So, oh, no. Like, that's, that's, oh, that's no. You, wow. That's what you get when you Google, is Gunnar Esiason? So we're making oh, progress. That's oh, my gosh. All right. Well, here, let's try this. Um, Echo, who is Boomer Esiason's son? Here's something I found on Wikipedia. Norman Julius Boomer Esiason is a retired American football so, quarterback yeah, and former network color commentator. Did so, that answer your question? No, but thank Close you very enough. much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I guess actually it does make sense yeah. to name it the Boomer Esiason uh, Foundation just for that name recognition. But anyway, well, listen, man, uh, all the best. If if you if anything new comes out, please come back on the show, Dave. You got any other questions for Gunner before we let him go? We got four. No, minutes but I, I really would like to like to thank you. I mean, I mean, a lot of the movements that you've made in, in cystic fibrosis obviously will affect and do affect my daughter. So. <laughs> I had to say that, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, thank you. Know, we're, we're, we're all in it together, right? Every single one of us living with cystic fibrosis and within the larger and broader rare disease community, you know, we're all in this together until the very end. Uh, and I uh, I know for a fact that your daughter will live a long, full life, uh, not in spite of cystic fibrosis, but with cystic fibrosis in the passenger seat because it's not going to be the same kind of condition that all of us have had for so long. Yeah, thank you so that's much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you for your work on this. And uh we always, uh, you know, worry about Dave's daughter because Dave's real special to us. And, you know, because of the fact that he has uh, this uh, experience with CF, he would be a perfect person to have at a fundraiser to play uh, music. He's a quite the talented singer. So oh, he's <laughs> awesome. So I'm just giving oh, absolutely, awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll get some of your contact info, info off the air. Please do. He is fabulous. Yeah. 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 That would be mm -hmm. awesome. 
because cool. he wants to do anything he can to help, yes. and and that would be uh, that would be a, a nice synergy there. Anyway, Gunner, thanks again, man. Uh, everybody, check out the uh, www.assiason.org or uh, learn about Gunner at his website www.gunnerassiason.com. Gunner Assiason, uh, CF uh, advocate and uh, activist. Thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. We'll talk soon. Hey, take care. Thanks, man. See ya. All right. So, oh, yeah. Oh, well, look who showed up. <laughs> to be fair, I've been Wait. Okay, there you go. To be fair, I've been sitting outside. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. No. Oh. Why didn't you come in? I tried. The front door was locked. I rang the doorbell. Yeah. That was you. Okay. So, remember, <laughs> Alexis said somebody was at the front door. And nobody asked. So, no. who let you in? Oh, your wife. Oh. Oh, okay. Eventually. Uh, eventually. Okay. <laughs> did she did she pull in at while you were sitting out there? You know, honestly, she may have. I wasn't even, like, after a while, I was like, well, I guess maybe I should go. But, did you call uh, me? Um, I text you. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah text okay. me. Text okay. you, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, if that ever happens again, or yeah. call. Yeah, it's okay, okay to call. Okay. Because I would have said, oh, here's Cliff, and I would have put you on. But anyway, okay. uh, Cliff Andrews, everybody. <laughs> hey, Cliff! <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you've never met Cliff, have you? Oh, hey, uh, how you doing, buddy? Good to meet so, you. So, uh, you've you've seen Cliff's picture, though. He's oh, all yeah. over the place up there. Yeah. And Cliff, you've seen Dave's picture because it's right there over Dave's right shoulder. So, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So anyway, yeah, nice. cool. Yeah, we probably ought to um, do another live show somewhere, and we could do music and comedy. Let's do it. That'd All right. be great. Sounds good. Uh, we're going to flip over to the podcast side here in a minute, and Dave's going to do... You're going to do a new song? I'll play one, yeah. Hell yeah. Ooh. Uh, and, and you don't have the um, the chart, so it'll keep uh, uh, Scott from trying to play along. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's not very nice. It is. That's not very nice. I'm not a nice person. <laughs> I keep trying to tell you guys that stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was cool having Gunner on here. Yeah, he was great. Also. He was so, great. Wow. Yeah. A, 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 an awesome advocate for yeah. what mm. you're going through. And, you know, you hear about yeah. these things, and they don't as, so often hit so close to home. No. But for you, it couldn't be any closer to home. Yeah. People who don't have kids have no idea what worry is. Or at least let me put it this way. I didn't know what worry was until I had kids. Mm-hmm. And then that's all I did. You know, I had nightmares about horrible things happen to my kids and stuff. And, okay. you know, that's <clears throat> up. And, and then you have a kid that really has something you got to worry about. And then it just compounds that. Well, the th- you know, it's interesting that you're talking about that because I don't have any. I mean, you know, I was talking to a lady and she was uh, she was inadvertently without her actually saying that she was telling me, God, I don't know what I would do if my daughter had CF, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah, i yeah. can just sense it she was playing well, they don't know like, yeah you know they don't know what to say that people don't know what to say or do when there's you know either they perceive a tragedy or there's somebody that's chronically ill or severely ill they just you know they don't have the tools to well 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 that well what i was what i said to her was like well well you know it, it wouldn't matter if your kid had cf or not and she, she, I mean, I mean, Meaning I, I said, look, man, you know, I, I know that it, it wouldn't matter physically. You would have these things that you would have to take care yep. of, uh, um, et cetera. But you're going to do whatever you have to do for your kids. So, and you don't, you don't run around thinking about how bad things are. You just do the next thing for your child. Yep. You don't, <laughs> that, so that's where I was coming from. So I don't have any kind of. Yeah, it should be different going on. Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. If I did, then it would be stressful. 
Sure. This is just what we do. It's just what it is. Yeah, it's just it's what it is. That man. whole Baba Ramdas thing, and people make fun of it, you know, but it, people make fun of two things that I think were actually very profound. And one was Rodney King saying, can't we all just get along? People shit on oh, him, yeah, yeah. and but it, that, well, he's yeah. right. He is right. Yeah. We just choose not to. Right. That really, I think that was a very, it was so, you know, the the most profound things are so simple. It's like, you know, can't we all just get along? It's like, yeah, we can. We just, Shoot. we don't want to. Yeah. So that's one. And the other one was, uh, you know, uh, Baba Ram Dass saying, be here now. And yeah. that is something that if nobody, well, Scott and I do, mm-hmm. and Dave, and mm-hmm. maybe Cliff, but, you know, we got to be in the moment right. or we're not living our life. And yeah, so, you, you know, if you uh, have, I, I, I say this all the time on the show, so people have heard this a thousand times, but that's my shrink told me this. And apparently he stole it from AA. But, you know, he said, if you have, you have a foot in the past and a foot in the present, you're in perfect position to shit on the, I'm sorry, I fucked that up. Mm, if past a, and future. A, yeah. a, a foot in the past and a foot in the future, you're in a perfect position to shit on your present. Because that's true. You're just squatting over it Man. and yeah. taking a giant dump on the present. And I, I know so many people that worry about what's going to happen. Mm. What are people going to think? Yeah. Well, you can't read their mind. Who gives a shit what people think? and Or what happened in the past that you can't change. So, you you know, you might be able to influence what happens in the future, but it hasn't happened yet. You're here right now. And, uh, yeah, you're right. So when something like this happens... The, the most functional approach is this is the hand we've been dealt. Now we got to play it. Yeah, and the thing is too is that you know um, it, it, when when you do live in the moment, uh, you know you, 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 the past and the future sort of fade away because it's your attention uh, that that drives these uh, yeah. thought patterns. You know, like if I'm always constantly thinking about the future, I I get my I thought I have a, a pattern that I'm going to, even when I, I, I'll get what I wanted, I'll, because I'm stuck in this mind pattern of, you know, projecting uh, a future result, it, it okay, well, I got that, okay, and it'll last no. a little bit, and now, okay, mm-hmm. now I got to get something else. Yeah, you got to do you something know? else. Yeah, it's you can't ever enjoy anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I had a friend uh, when I worked in software when I was in medical school, and um, uh, some people who don't listen to this show avidly might not know i wrote 6502 machine code back in the day to help put myself through medical school or pay defray some of the expenses but anyway um this guy that i worked with he was terrified he was going to die now he was probably 26 at the time already worried about dying and so he'd work out he'd take supplements he'd do all this stuff and I never saw him actually enjoy his life because he was so worried about his life ending that he didn't enjoy it while he was doing it. Yeah. That's when you say, man, why don't you just turn around and talk to death? Yeah. <laughs> well, you Car- know, that, that's the thing. You know, is that we all walk. I was thinking, you know, it'd be cool to have like a, what if it was a computer program? You just slide the cursor over somebody and click them and a date would come up over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Expiring at this. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean um, you know, if you go ahead and it's like, this is the way I look at it. We all walk with our death. Everybody in here is going to die. Carlos Castaneda said that. Are you quoting him or no, this no, coming no. from you? No, it's coming from me. Okay. He, and, he said um, you should always walk with your death, not in a morbid way, but just to remind yourself to enjoy but, but every this, minute. Exactly. So th- this is what, so for me, I got at, uh, early, um, uh, I don't know, like 10, 15 years, I got obsessed with death. And I, 
I was single, and I, I, re- I had all these little quotes, and I posted them all over my house. You know, little quotes like, um, um, I said to life, I should hear death speak, and life raised her voice a little louder and said, you hear him now. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of mm-hmm. these little these little things, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but the point is, is that at that point in my life as well, as I turned around, and because death is walking with us all, but we're all trying to ignore him and outrun him, get away from him yeah, and right. shit. Right. And so I just turned around and said, how you doing, man? Mm-hmm. And based on that respect, you know, now I'm walking side by side with, with, with him. He grants me wisdom because I know at some point he's going to take the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I am aware of my death and I live with my death, but it makes the moment so much more full because yeah. I know that this shit's pa- I'm passing through, man. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. I'm not trying to be. I'm, this is not morbid, but this right. is like accepting it so that you can be released from it. So you can see that life and death are one and the same, you know. Yep. Except Welcome to Pot Talk with Doctor <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Except and Dave is, Cecil is the key. Is the key. Hey, and no, you're, and you're resident and you're resident hippie pothead. That's true. Thank you very much. But not, you don't do not that you, stuff. Cliff. Of course, no, I wouldn't do that. I can't right now. I'm the state of Tennessee jobs, anyway. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about this on the show too. That um, which would you rather have? In, who would you rather employ? Someone that's using pot on the weekend who two weeks later has a positive drug screen or someone who's all hyped, hepped up on cocaine on Monday but has a negative drug screen on Wednesday. Right. You know, I'd much rather have the pothead. Yeah, same. Any day. <laughs> Any but day. But there's no justice. I mean, there's a lot of things that are unjust in this world, but that's really one of them is the urine drug screen when mm-hmm. it comes to employment. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's just, you know. For sure. Okay, Great. we're going to do a song? You want to do this tune? Let's yeah, do it. Let me, uh, let me give the outro. Um, hey, thanks always go to Dr. Scott and uh, Dave Ray Cecil. Thank you for coming up today. He, I just Definitely. asked him yesterday, hey, we're having a, a CF advocate on. Uh, you want to come up? And, uh, you know, I maybe, jumped at it. Yeah, and he just shows up. And he lives, what, you live three and a half hour, four hours away? Yeah, only. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, a Prius, man. To- <laughs> it's a four and a half hour drive. Right. Totally cool, man. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> and uh, everyone should check out Dave's music. Go to, uh, like I said, our YouTube channel and just go to the the um, show that says Dave Cecil in studio. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to listen to me droning on because, you know, I try to do an interview, but I'm no interviewer. I ain't, I ain't no uh, Ron Bennington, but uh, you can just click on the links underneath in the comments and it just, you can go straight to the songs. Mm-hmm. They're unbelievable. I was they're beautiful. They're so beautiful. proud yeah. of my engineering skills that day because I was worried that what you do wouldn't come through. And I really feel like it, it was did. great. I, I really feel like too, it did. Yeah. It was a pretty mm-hmm. good example of your mm-hmm. music. So. And we were all just freaking out, too. So, Good stuff, right. Dave. So um, now, Cliff, you're going to sing back up on this? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's going to sit back. If I, if I get the uh, the spirit in me, I will. But I don't know this Now, song. you play keyboards or something, right? I mean, I, I can play chords, but not at the not at y'all's level. Y'all are, like, professional. No, no, no. That's <laughs> bullshit. To... You should have heard Scott. The first, matter of fact, we've got to do a show where we play... Sweet Melissa, that you did the first time with GVAC sitting where Dave is, and yep. then play the new one. Yep. 
We're gonna make it. We're gonna make a new one. I'm gonna. I'm practicing well, my home studio now. It? Well, I'm, we're gonna do a better newer one. Okay. Well, a newer better the one. The tracks are all there. I'm not redoing the music. It's no. fine. But you can uh, the vocals. Um, yeah, you can redo your vocals. But just to hear that and same way we can have you in here with a keyboard and you can plonk some chords down because it's so fun to be in here and just watching other people play you need to that's fair you know yeah it's cool okay yeah we'll do that if you're gonna be here like you've been we need to get you involved in that okay too so we'll set you up with something let me hear how loud you are make sure i'm not turn mine down just a hair steve please okay yeah i don't want to be too loud but Play it. Just hit a couple things. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah. And then let's get Dave some, a, just a touch of reverb in his voice. Check one, two. Check one, two. Check one, two. Why is that so? Okay, give me, say a couple check, words. Check one, okay. check one, two. There, there it is. There we go. Check one, two. I'm going to pop myself down this little all right. What's this? One? Is this a new one? Yeah. What's it called? I don't know what this one's okay. called. Okay. You want to do a contest and let the listeners name it? Yeah, sure. It'll be called, you know, Fuckhead McGillicuddy <laughs> if you do that, but that's okay. <laughs> I'd buy that. I'd buy uh, that. I would what totally would buy that it? album. Get to you, I think. I don't yeah. know. Like well, think I, of something. I don't know. I've seen that look on a few You 
gotta let go of all you lose Get used to breaking in two And you can't let these things get to you I just wrote that. I just wrote that. That's like on the way over. days old. Like on the way over from, from yeah, yeah. From your three and a half hour drive. It's awesome, man. Good stuff, Dave. Privileged to be here with you. I had a couple of clams in there, but if we play that again, I'll have ah, I forgot some words. So it's good. We're all. I was I was playing air mandolin. <laughs> I have committed. I'm going to get better at keyboards. I'm going to start practicing. We need and a keyboard. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. We need keyboards. Keyboards. We need it. You inspired me. Your voice is amazing, dude. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful.